Ipsy leads the way. Ipsy. One system personnel and pay. Ipsy. 21st century. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our next episode of the Team Ipsy podcast, where we give you program status updates on the road to go live. I'm Colonel Rebecca Eggers, the Functional Management Division Chief, and today I'm excited to be joined by Colonel June Copeland, our USAR lead, and Lieutenant Colonel Megan Meinholz, our Training and Deployment Lead. Welcome, ladies. Good morning, Rebecca. How are you? Glad to be here. We're certainly glad to have you. Thanks, ma'am. Excited to talk about what we need to do next on the Road to Go Live. Yeah, thanks, Megan. I'm glad to have you back. You know, June, this may be your first time on one of our podcasts, but uh, you're no stranger to IPSA uh, and going the going live, are you? <laughs> Not at all, Rebecca. Technically, this will be the 55th time I've gone live in IPSA. In a former life, I was the IPSA lead for the Army National Guard. And as they transitioned 54 states and territories from the antiquated system SIDPERS to IPSA, I was there for all of that. So, yeah, this is not the I'm not new to this. Well, uh, I personally am glad you came back. And, and so is this program. Um, I'm a little surprised. You know, I would have thought that this would have scared you off. Um, it's no small task preparing our entire Army component for the transition. Um, but we're certainly glad to, that you're part of the team, um, and I'm, I'm definitely glad to be partnering with you um, and your team as well. Thanks, Rebecca. I'm actually glad to be back on the team and glad to be working with all of you. Uh, sometimes I wish that it wasn't me that was picked to do this job again, but jokes aside, I was just telling someone this week that I've been an AG officer since 1998. And that means I've done 24 years worth of AG jobs and the experiences and everything that we've done, everything that I've done over the years uh, have to be brought to bear in this job. And so, yeah, not everyone can do it. I'm glad to be on the team, uh, loving taking our army from the antiquated systems to the 21st century. Yeah, certainly your 24 years of experience and then also going live with the guard makes you more than qualified for what we're about to do. And, you know, the reserve soldiers, just like the Guard, have their own HR systems, um, and the soldiers interact with them differently, um, considering a majority of them are part-time. So what problems do soldiers have with, uh, you know, the reserve legacy systems, um, and how does IPSA solve those issues? Rebecca, that's actually a very good question, and it's really simple, really. In pre-COVID times, uh, a lot of people really thought that when people requested telework, those requests were always met with skepticism. How can you truly get a job done if you're not coming into a brick and mortar building? And now post COVID, uh, success is really built around not being bound to a particular location. And Ipsay delivers that in spades, it really does. The ability to be anywhere and pick up your phone or your mobile device and log into work and take care of soldiers. It's gonna be a phenomenal change for how we do business currently with the legacy systems. Legacy systems currently right now, they don't talk to each other. They're not linked to other components. And as we have soldiers going from one component to the next, like myself, I've been in all three components. And the ability to transfer from one to the next without any issue, phenomenal um, improvement in how we take care of our soldiers. Yeah, I think I say this in almost every episode, but you know, one of the biggest benefits benefits of IPSA for soldiers is that it, it provides that financial st stability for soldiers and their families, um, you know, really just making sure that we we pay soldiers in a timely manner 
Um, and they deserve that. They deserve accurate and timely pay. So our reserve soldiers excited about the transition to IPSE. Um, I imagine being able to perform and request personal actions um, from a mobile device without a CAC reader is a huge benefit to them. Absolutely. Definitely a, tr a tremendous benefit for them and their families to be able to check in and log in and see what their benefits are, uh, pay status, things like that. Things that we would have to go in, drive in 20, 30, 40 miles at times just to get checked and be told, you know, it's processing. Those things are going to be in the past and you'll be able to look at your phone and figure out where your action is and when it's been approved. So, yes, uh, very, the reserve component is very excited about these new changes. Yeah, it's remarkable to me that in this day and age, we don't have access or we don't allow soldiers access to just see what what's in their records. Um, it, it's it's interesting, but I know it's challenging um, and an absolute must. But um, you know, we have to be prepared. So the total force definitely needs to get ready. Um, so uh, we've got a lot a lot of work to do. Yeah, ma'am, and there's no better way to prepare than training. Um, and the next and last training deadline is right around the corner. Yeah, thanks, Megan. That's a perfect segue, actually. Um, so what do we have going on in the world of training? Um, so right now there's a lot. Um, so we're, we're trying to wrap up all of the uh, required distance learning training. So um, really, that is a must-do for every person who's going to be in the system who needs access above self-service. So what we're going to do is we are actually going to auto-provision a majority of those elevated um, user roles. And it's really a two-step process. So not only do they need to get in and finish their training at the end of July, but they also need to go in and make sure that their TRAs, there should be one in all the major commands or more than one in all the major commands, um, that those TRAs have mapped them to the right subcategories or role bundles on the training rosters. So if the users have completed their training and they're mapped to the categories, then they're gonna be provisioned and go live. And that means on day one, they can actually get in and do their jobs. If either one of those two things doesn't happen, then um, they're not going to have the right access that they need on day one. So I just want to uh, illuminate some numbers here. So currently, as of today, the active component would have about 80% of their identified um, HR professionals. Those would be provisioned at GoLive. The reserve sitting at 65% and the guards at 68%. So um, you know, really need to get those um, HR pros in there and finishing their DL as soon as possible. Thanks for that information, Megan. This is just yet another indicator that training isn't just for one component. All three components need to work to get as close to 100% as possible. Training not only gets one familiar with the system, it also gives them access and for the reserve, we're not just pushing HR professional training. We're also encouraging leaders to do the leader training and every soldier to get familiar and do the self-service training. Yeah, and I and I think what's important is 
what Megan said about mapping. I can't stress that enough because even me, I could take every subcat training out available, but um, I'm not going to get provisioned for anything if I'm not mapped to my roles. So I want to make sure that we stress that as well and, and to get the training done. And, you know, this training is required for a reason. Um, and it builds, um, it gets you hands on the system, but it ultimately is ensures that you have the tools that you need or know where to go um, to get help uh, once we go live. And Brownout and Cutover, or as, as we call it, VOCO, is coming up soon. And HR professionals, you've got a list of tasks that you need to complete to ensure that your unit transitions successfully. So Megan, what types of resources are there to help units um, ensure that they're ready for VOCO? Yeah, ma'am, we've talked about Brownout and Cutover um, a lot in past episodes. And so you know, I just really want to highlight some of the major things that need to be done. So in addition to training and mapping that we've hit on pretty hard here, we need to make sure that every person, so every face has a space. So the faces to spaces mapping, that's making sure that our um, force managers are going into AOS, creating the temporary billets or templates that are needed, those personnel um, you know, anyone who is, does not have a space or a position gets mapped to one. And um, we ought to make sure that that's 100%. So every single soldier comes over into IPSA at cutover. So that that's a major priority. I mean, we're sitting pretty good right now, but there's still a few thousand out there who don't have a space. So um, you know, that's kind of number one, I need the S ones and the G ones and HR pros out there to really start looking at their SOPs and their workflows, who needs to be in an S1 pool or a distro list. Think about your provider groups, who's going to be doing or who's going to be looking at the cases, the HR cases that soldiers are putting in if their records messed up or, you know, they, they need help with something. Um, who's going to be doing those? Those are your provider groups. So going in and identifying who needs to be in there you know, what the hierarchy is that needs to be built, making sure that your workflows are done, getting all of those steps knocked out now will really help you at go live. So, you know, those are some of the things that, that we can be doing now um, to get ready for brownout and cutover. And then um, my deployment team has a great priority of work product that we're, we're about to drop out on the streets to really help them, help the units think through, you know, when do I need to update the SFPA flags? When do I need to start working on the promotions and the offline accountability and really systematically go through all of the things that need to be done to equal success? Yeah, thanks, Megan. Yeah, we're really pushing pushing items out for the for the team and for the for the field that tr that tries to simplify all of the things that we need to do because um, there quite there is quite a bit um, you know this isn't the first time that ipsys had to do a go live event you know we learned a lot from release two it's one of the reasons why I really like um, having um, Colonel Copeland here is that you know she's got a different perspective from being in the guard and and you know, we need to make sure that we're covering all of the bases. And, and that's why we keep saying these tax, ta tasks are important um, because we know we've gone through this before and your units and the soldiers you support are counting on you to be fully prepared um, in order to help them transition as well. And it is a lot. 
we're going to get through this together. We need your feedback too. Um, we, we do put the user guide and the cutover guide out there. So if it doesn't seem to meet what you need, please just provide us feedback. I think that's it for this episode. Thanks, June and Megan, for, for joining me. And if you're interested in additional training opportunities or an upcoming HR summit, please send us an email. Um, and until next time, IPSA is your system. Right job, right on time. 24,